is Martha Southgate. When I'm not attempting amazing Pinterest feats for my Pinheads podcast, I'm listening to Set Lusting Brews. And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and tonight I have the most patient, most uh, wonderful Bruce Bud joining me. Uh, once again, we have one of our friends from up north. Hello, Catherine. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks. Good. So I don't know if you know this, Catherine, um, but yes. you reached out to me via Twitter in yes. March of 2016 saying, yes. hey, I think I'd like to be on the show. Yes. And, as and then all hell broke loose. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's now June 2017. So I believe you win the most patient award. Um, oh, thank you. And, and I'm so glad it, it was, um, you know, one of the things I talk about in in the show is, you know, people go, well, where do you find your guests? And I, you know, where don't I find them? I, I, you know, I, I, I plead at the end of every episode, hey, if you have a story to tell, share. And so I, I'm so glad we have worked our schedules. Um, uh, we talked about before I hit record that you guys are still in school. So officially, yes. your summer hasn't started yet. Um, no. Is it warm in Toronto, that t- Toronto area? Yes. Oh, today was beautiful. It was um, 27 degrees, so um, it was hot but not humid. We get really hot and humid, like 40-degree temperature, yeah. um, you know, but it was beautiful. No rain. It's just nice. a gorgeous day. You know, I... I I would go to Winnipeg for work um, at one of my previous jobs, and they talked about how they got very few warm days that, um, you know, because of where they're at, um, they did not get that heat. And I had a Kevin who came down and visited us in Dallas, and the rest of us were all complaining about, you know, we're in – in the 90s or even the hundreds in the Fahrenheit scale, and he's just like, oh, I'm loving this because I we yeah. don't get that many you know hot sunny days there in Winnipeg. Um, so well, good. Well, um, do the do the kids have uh, summer fever? Are they ready for school to be over? Well, I teach kindergarten, so oh. no, they don't really get it. Okay, you know that school's going to be over at a certain time. They're just there. It's just like another regular day for them, which is okay. kind of nice. They okay. haven't shut down. Okay. Well, um, we will have to find out how you um, – are you helping to um, indoctrinate or teach the younger generation about the greatness of Bruce? So if I don't remember to ask that question, remind me, right. okay? But, okay. But, Catherine, let's start out with um, kind of – I always like to talk about – 
people's musical background, their secret origin. So talk about growing up. Um, you know, what was your family musical? Uh, what kind of music did your family listen to? Um, so I think when I was growing up in um, like the early 70s, mid 70s, my parents listened to like all that kind of pop, you know, we were kind of pop music people, not um, classic rock people at all. And um, so I kind of grew up listening in the 80s. That's when I went to high school and I'll, um, to all the 80s music. So, you know, I can sing along with any of the 80s songs as well. And then in about 1984, after um, Bruce had toured that first leg for um, Born in the USA, then I heard Dancing in the Dark and I never looked back. And people laugh because they'll be like, I'll say, oh, well, who sings this song or whatever. And because literally this is all I listen to now is Bruce. And very one-dimensional that way. <laughs> well, you will not find judgment here. Um, no, I know. I'm <laughs> you are with a safe with crowd. With converted. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, you know, I love hearing – and I'm – I, I love all Bruce fans, and, and I love talking to them, but I, I love when someone embraces the fact, you know, that um, Born in the USA was an album that made a difference, and there is that was the gateway drug of yeah. choice for a lot of people. Yeah, and I've, I'm an only child, so I had no older brothers and sisters who were listening to Born to Run or anything like that, so... It was like a journey of self-discovery because when I listened to um, Born in the USA, um, I don't know what it was. I just, there was nothing else. Like I can't pinpoint what was it. It was just, I love this guy. And then I went back because then, you know, he didn't release anything for so many years that I was able to go back and then catch up on all the things that I had missed because no one was really I didn't have any uh, influences like that like a brother or sister to help me along you know Catherine it's a it's a pretty big theme and I'm glad you brought that up here on the podcast um, about you know siblings and how yeah if you're the oldest you're an influence to the people you know your younger brothers and sisters or if you're the younger you know you either rebel against what your brothers and sisters listen to or you help learn that um i i also yeah. i think a lot of ways uh, i do this with books when i find a new author i will try to find everything um, he or she has written because I really like this novel, so let me try to find everything I can. Um, and I do that with some musicians, too. I'll go, oh, well, let me check his earlier catalog. Um, do you – how do you feel about some of his – do you have a genre or a, a Bruce period that you enjoy the most – like, you know, some of the later stuff, early stuff, the 80s, what what kind of you had to pick, and I'm off the agenda now, which I warned That's you, okay. this will be a conversation more than a, just an interview. Do you have a thought that you like a little bit more? Um, I guess if I had to pick one album out of them all, I would pick 
um, Born to Run, um, just because I think everything there I really love, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it takes me back to high school. Like, I was, I was listening to that, like, one side of the track, you know, it was on a cassette on my Sony Walkman uh, on the bus, you know, going down to school. And then on the way back, I would listen to the other side <laughs> and, you know, just for almost a year. Like, that's kind of crazy now, but that's what I did and I loved it. I never tired of it. If I hear those songs today, I still love them like that first time. Um, but funny enough, if I, you know, if you're listening on like Sirius or something, um, and they play an old concert from the 70s, I don't like that as much. I, you know, I, I'm I'm happy with Bruce, whatever he's doing. You know, there's always like, you know, a new album. There's some new songs that I love. You know, and I think. Wow, like I really like the tours now, the later ones, because they play everything. You know, he's playing everything, and I, I think I would miss that. Like I think sometimes to myself, like, wow, could you imagine in 1975? Like, but you're not, you know, you're there, but you're not going to hear Dancing in the Dark, or you're not going to hear Land of Hope and Dreams. Like, how crazy is that? Like that he can span that, you know, many years and have hit. So, you know, songs that I love all the way through. Uh, you know, I, I agree, Catherine. And there are – I um, I became obsessed with Bruce during the, the Rising Tour. And, oh, you yeah. And I went from being a casual fan to this currently passionate slash obsessed person. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a love for a lot of the new material because mm-hmm. it came out – and and it was new to me as it came out, you know, like Devils mm-hmm. and Dust and Magic and, and Working on a Dream and all these uh, mm-hmm. other albums. Um, Wrecking Ball is especially a favorite because my wife loves that album so much. And oh, she's yeah. the casual fan. Um, so, I, yeah, I get that. And, you know, we've had this discussion with other guests that I would be okay with a set list that had nothing before Tunnel of Love on it. Yeah, and, you know, I, yeah you know, I'd be j- happy. Because it would be so many rarities, and the guests said, and they would be okay with um, a set list that's in, that was nothing after darkness, uh, <laughs> you know? And uh, so I, I think it's, it is kind of amazing that this long of a career – Yep. In this diverse, um, that yeah. he there is no way for him to play every song you want to hear because even though he plays three and a half four hours, you know, um, he just he would yeah, be there he, all he'd be there a week. Yes, and you're still leaving stuff out, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, very cool. Well, um, I want to stress. That amount, the number of times you've seen Bruce is not an accurate barometer of how big your <laughs> fandom is. Uh, but I, I, I am yep. curious, uh, how many times have you seen him perform? Well, you know what? Just for you, this is this is a totally true story. Just for you, yes. tonight, I counted, um, kind of um, estimated what my tour number was. I had never... Um, 
done anything. I I keep all the ticket stubs, but I never I've never counted them. I've never felt the need to know how many I've been to right. because I agree it doesn't matter if you've been to one or you've been to three hundred. It's it, it doesn't. There's no right number. There's no wrong number to right. have. It's you know it's you just go and and I've said to a couple of people like I've met uh, coming back to Toronto. Um, from other shows, and somebody asked me, and I said, I don't know. Like, I, I have to guess at a number. And I said, but I feel like my number should be multiplied by three because I work in a job where you can't take time off, you yes. know, Monday to Friday. And I said, I have three kids. So, I, you know, I feel my number, it, It's I've gone to as many shows as humanly possible being, uh, you know, working as a teacher and a mom, you know. So, so I counted it up, and so I figure about fifty. Oh, that's very nice. Not um, that, uh, no. You know. And and you know, I I have had passionate fans who've never seen him. You know, yes. Andre. Oh, yeah, I don't who, think for, it matters. Exactly, um, because circumstances of where yeah. you live, what your financial yeah. situation is, um, you know, there are people. And, you know, there's a lot of debate right now, and I, I want to get your opinion on it in a minute about this talking about him going to Broadway. But, oh, yeah. But, you know, there are people that live in the East Coast that, um, you know, back in the 80s or, you know, early 2000s, like or the reunion tour or something, you know, they could have gone – if he did a 10-night set at Madison Square Garden, you know, they might attend six of those nights. Yeah. Um, and – you know, I have the same pain living in Texas. Um, he doesn't always come to Texas, or if he does, he's only – like he'll either hit Houston or Dallas. He won't hit both. And yeah. so I – Same with Canada, really. Right. He, you know, usually only comes to Toronto, Hamilton, you know, which is another close town. A couple of times he likes that because that has the same feel, mm-hmm. kind of, you know. Um, as some other cities, and yeah, I, I know how you feel. So you have to travel. So then you have the added expense of not only do you need to get a ticket, but mm-hmm. you've got airline or you know gas, and then hotels, and and you do have to you know miss work. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not above sleeping in an airport. <laughs> I've done that a couple of times. <laughs> I was planning to do that for the river tour, and my lovely bride found me a hotel room, uh, you know, pretty cheap, and said, "Look, this way at least." I'm like, "Okay." By the time the concert's over, and I'm and I'm flying out a pretty early flight, and she goes, "Look, even if you only get three or four hours of sleep, you at least will be able to take a shower, and you know, and yeah. kind of feel better." So I feel better because I was going to do the same thing. I was just going to take uh, the Uber back to the airport. And, you know, just get a chair and just, you know, nap the way I could. Now, I did do that once. Mm -hmm. Um, It was in uh, uh, Tampa, I think, and I slept in the airport. Now, I did see Steve in the airport, and I have a nice picture with him. Oh, (laughs) nice. So it worked out that way. Very cool. (laughs) So I would say try it once at least. You never know who you might meet. Absolutely. That's uh, very cool. Um, it's 
it's funny when I was flying to um, Louisville, I think it was, um, I had had a, um, I had had a, uh, I had a Bruce shirt on, and a couple of people stopped me on the airline, and they were dry, flying there too, and so we ended up talking and getting pictures at the airport. Um, I used to say that um, when you have children, you always have something to talk about to another parent because you have that common bond. Um, I used to joke that if if I got in a room with Queen Elizabeth, you know, we could talk about kids, if nothing else. Um, yeah. Same thing with Bruce. No matter where your economic background or culture, with a Springsteen fan, which is proof of this podcast, right, you always have something to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're always the nicest people too i agree with that i i truly do now have yeah. you gone to mybosstime.com and put in your shows uh no i haven't okay so no. here's your homework and this will this is homework. no this will be fun if you go to www.mybosstime.com yes some wonderful people have created a database where if you it will it lists every show since 1974 and okay. if you select your shows it will give you your concerts and then it'll say my songs and oh. for example i've seen bruce 15 times yeah. and he has played the rising on every show now oh. <laughs> i knew that because I, I always make a joke about that, but you know, um, you know, my top ten songs I've heard the most of is "The Rising," "Badlands," "Born to Run," "Dancing in the Dark," "Because the Night," Tenth Avenue Freeze Out," "Hungry Heart," "The Promised Land," "Waiting on a Sunny Day," and "Rosalita." That's oh. my top ten, um, and then it also it will give you rare songs, um, which okay, yeah. like. Um, I've heard The Wrestler, and he's only played it 21 times live. I got to hear oh. The Wall, and he's only played it 12. Oh, um, okay. So it, it is kind of a fun little thing. It will tell you, and then it also does you um, the songs per album. Um, like okay. uh, Greetings from Ashbury Park, I've heard 56% of the songs. So anyway, it's a fun little way to play, <laughs> and it kind of tells you – um, you know, and so like because I made the river tour, of course, I'm at a hundred percent on Born yeah. to Run, a hundred percent on the river. Um, yeah. Only thirty-three percent of Tunnel of Love, and you know, ten percent <laughs> of Lucky Town. So it's kind of interesting. Um. So I'm going to ask you your um, hot sports opinion. Um, what okay. are you thinking about him going to Broadway? Um, I'm excited, so I will try and go <laughs> for sure because Toronto to uh, New York is a quick flight. Okay. Um, so I would try and go. Um, I'm not surprised that he's going to do it. Um, I think it's great because it's close by. You know, it's the same venue night after night. So I think from a touring perspective, that might be uh, easier on him and, you know, the crowds will come. It's. I kind of think of it like, um, you know, Britney Spears at the um, Caesar's Palace kind of thing. 
you know, that he's doing kind of something like that. And um, I was, I heard, um, I don't know if people are talking about that, uh, you know, they might try and make it into a Broadway show, which I totally can see. Right. I totally can see his music, not just like Born to Run as a, a story, but all of the songs throughout his career being put into some kind of story. I totally see it. I see it too. And I also think that I, I kind of a big fan of Bruce stretching his creative muscles any way that he wants to. Um, you know, I, I tend to, I think, I think he's done, you know, the river tour was the tour that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, yeah. You know, we've all heard the stories that they just kind of decided, well, if we're going to do a few shows, we might as well do a few more. And all of a sudden, <laughs> a year and a half later, all over the world, they've, you know, gone yeah. on this massive tour. And so if he wants to do something um, on Broadway, whether it's similar to, you know, the Ghost of Tom Joad or Devils and yeah. Dust solo tour, that's great. Or I actually would like if he did a combination of maybe reading from his biography and then oh, doing and songs and actually doing something a little more structured versus just doing a different acoustical show every night. I think that would be interesting. Um, my goal, my, my secret hope is that instead of just doing this as a concert, he actually works out some sort of show that would qualify for him to get a Tony nomination to go with I, his Oh, Oscar. that would be everything. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be very awesome. So you've already talked about Born to Run is an album that means a great deal to you. Um, anything else that stands out that kind of, um, you know, you've used either as a personal anthem or a song that's really something that you go to just when you're ready to celebrate or you're, you know, when you feel like I need to be a pick-me-up, anything? Oh, um, well, hands down, my favorite song would have to be um, Land of Hope and Dreams. I had heard it, um, I guess, a long time ago. Um, I don't remember when, but I heard it in, you know, at the Meadowlands or Giant Sam. I don't know where it was. And I had only heard it that once, and it was just like it struck a chord. And it took a long time before it ever appeared on an album, you know, and you could hear it once or twice. And I just, I just love that song. And that became my Twitter handle. Faith will be rewarded. Yes. And it just, it's such a beautiful, those lines are so beautiful. And I, to me, um, you know, it's not the way he sings, it's the way he writes. It's poetry to me, you know. And um, I think that that line, faith will be rewarded, it just, it sums up everything, you know. And so that's why I took it as my, my Twitter. <laughs> I totally agree um i you haven't heard yet but um when this is released there's been going to be a couple of episodes where i i put out on social media to and i asked for non-bruce fans i said you know is anyone interested in kind of doing an experiment where 
uh, I would give you 10 Bruce Springsteen songs and you'd listen to them and then you'd join me on the podcast and talk about them. You know, oh, cool. and so, um, and of course, Land of Hope and Dreams was the very last song mm-hmm. I picked. And, and I've told most people have liked it. I've, I've recorded three shows now with the Springsteen newbies and all of them <laughs> seem to like the song. And I tell them if I had to pick a song, um, Land of Hope and Dreams, Better Days, and then the third song would change every day. Um, yeah. B- but we had a family member that was going through a rough time, and he was um, – it was actually my son. And, um, you know, he was in college and just had made some, you know, dumb choices and was yeah. feeling pretty beat up and, you know, it – you know, at 20, it, you know, you feel like, oh, my goodness, my world is crashing. And, um, you know, I played Land of Hope and Dreams, and I said, you know, faith will be rewarded. This is – there is a future, and you're going to be able to do this. And um, I I say a lot of times, and my friend Sam says the same thing, that um, American Land and Land of Hope and Dreams is what – what the casual fan thinks born in the USA is <laughs> right <No. laughs> it it is about this the greatness of you know going on and forward so um i'm right there with yeah. you it is um it's on my f cancer playlist um i yeah. my heart sings and and yeah. i feel uplifted every time i hear it yeah and i i would say badlands too sure um you know like, ain't no sin to be glad you're alive. Like, that's, like, for me is a motto because I am. I'm just truly, like, a happy-go-lucky person, and I am. I'm just, I'm happy. Whether, you know, whatever's happened, I'm always, it's the cloud has the silver lining, and I, I love that line. It just spoke to me, you know. But if I want to dance, it's got to be uh, E Street Shuffle. <laughs> nice. Very good. Yeah, I love that one. I love it. Now, what, how much, what, do you put Bruce Springsteen songs, like, on some of your activities on the kindergarten? Do you guys dance the E Street Shovel, or do you do no. so many things? No, you know what? And even for my own kids, I love Bruce very much. That's my whole world, you know. The, the music starts and ends with him, really. Um, but even for my class and even for my own kids, I've never pushed them. They've never gone to see him. Um, they'll hear him sometimes, like in the radio, if we're driving. But just like I love him, I want them to love whoever is their Bruce. You know, I don't want them to just love Bruce because I do. I want them to love someone as equally and as passionately love someone else's music the way I do his. So, no, we don't really play it. Um, the kindergarten kids don't really, they don't get it. Right. <laughs> he, there is a picture of him up in my, on, my, on our door, but they have no idea who he is. So, you know, uh, they might think he's the principal. I don't know. <laughs> Now, do you get parents every once in a while that go, oh, cool picture? Yes. One dad goes, oh, the boss. And I was like, yeah. I, I said, yeah, he's my thing. 
And so just kind of left it at that. But, you know, the parents are getting younger and younger, and so they don't recognize him as much as they once did, you know. Absolutely. I get that feeling. (laughs) Um, Now, have you listened to uh, Jay Armstrong's discussion of Thunder Road? Have you heard that episode with us? Um, No, I might not have. That's okay. Um, So he is an honors English teacher, and he he does um, a whole – he'll do a two-day session about comparing um, The Road Less Traveled and Thunder Road. And as a poem, and okay, yeah. it's it's a fascinating. If you get a chance, check the episode. Not because of me, but because he's really good, and he really gets into um, that. There's no way that Bruce did not hear that song. You know that poem. You know, I mm-hmm. took the road less traveled growing up in America. You know, in our things, but um, he asked the question at the very end: Does Mary get in the car? And so I'm going to ask you the question. Do you think Mary gets in the car at the end of Thunder Road, or is she too afraid to leave the porch? No, I think she gets in the car. See? I think she gets in. You're an optimist like me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I believe that. I grew up on Disney movies. And so, of course, there's a happy ending. Uh, You know? Yeah. uh, No, I think so. Yeah, I, I don't think they're. I don't know necessarily if Mary and the protagonist, um, everything went smooth going forward with them. I think, like most of us, you know, well, life is not. a tough journey, but it is really very, you know, cool. So yeah. you mentioned that you've had a few fun experiences. You've already shared with me that you met Stephen. <laughs> At the airport. Um, Tell me some other things that during your journeys that you, uh, I think, you know, that you'd want to share. So I've taken a couple of um, people from school, teaching partners, um, with me to see Bruce in some different places. And uh, one of my good friends, she she loves Bruce now too, not as much as I do, but uh, this is. This is our most crazy story ever, and if I had, n- and it's the funniest story, and we laugh about it all the time because we were. It was in Buffalo, and I don't remember when. Um, but we, I said, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna go back at the back, and we're gonna wait till his car comes. And she's like, "Yep," and she is cool as a cucumber. I'm highly excitable. You know, I'm crazy. And she goes, you know what, Catherine, don't worry. I've got this. I've got this for you. Give me your camera. So we're waiting, and we're waiting. She goes, you know what, I don't care how long we take. I said, I don't know how long. It could be hours till he comes out, right? And so she goes, you know what, we're here. We'll wait as long as you want. And so, and we're freezing because it's always cold in Buffalo. And so we're waiting there, and... We were right against um, the fence, and there were guys on the other side. And so we see this car come, and it's the big black Cadillac, right? And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, here it is. I'm going to meet him. And we, the car slows down. The window comes down. And the guys beside us say, 
oh, Bruce, we love your show. You're the, you know, you're the man, blah, blah, blah. And I lose my mind. There's two parts of my brain I now know. And one was thinking very rationally and saying, Catherine, tell him you've loved him for over 20 years. You've just, you loved him. You've loved him since you've been 16. And all I can scream is Toronto. All I can scream at the top <laughs> of my lungs, I scream over and over again, jumping up and down, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. And my friend, who's cool as cucumber, she's got the photos, and then she starts to lose it, and she screams out, the hammer, the because ha- that's um, Hamilton's nickname, is called the hammer. Right. And so he was about to get out of the car, because we have the, the photo proof, like, He's ready to come out. Then you can see his body language and face change where we start to scream. She starts to fall into the um, um, the railing, and she doesn't realize that she's falling into the railing. I have to hold her up, and he just takes off. And I said, you know what? If we could never meet him, this is the best story because we scared the Jesus out of Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> that is it's awesome. So crazy so crazy you know that so. is greatness now um <laughs> you sent me via twitter your picture it looked like you made a book signing i, um, well, I, may, I may have okay. i can't can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> <laughs> um is there a um reason why you may not because you don't remember or you may have what? called in sick to make a book I, I signing. I neither confirm nor deny any okay. of those events. But okay. if I did, it yes. was a, it was a so it was so well run. The people at uh, the Indigo, that's the big bookseller up in Canada, it was so well run. I heard from other sources that it was it was just it was wonderful. So. so. In a alternate universe where you yes. may have made this appearance, yes. um, were did you plan a little bit further in advance, or did you just say Toronto, Toronto, Toronto in this alternate universe where you may have been at a book signing? No. So after the Toronto, Toronto, the hammer, where he we think he thought we were hammered and everything like that, um, we my husband said to me look you've got to figure out what you're gonna say because one day you're you probably meet him like you were really close you should figure out what you're gonna say and so over that that time I've been thinking about what I could say but um like I tried to think of what I was gonna say and I couldn't I couldn't get it out without crying um it was really it was it was difficult um so all I could say um and then I had been just that August. We had been up at uh, in New Jersey, so I may have wrote him a letter and put it in his mailbox, okay. saying all the things that I loved and that you know his music was a part of my life and all of the things that I wanted him to know that everybody feels right. Like, I mean, I feel like my story is not different than anybody else's. And so I I did put that in a letter because I felt like I could do that. Um, and so if I was going to meet him, I I would want him to know my name. I felt very strongly that I 
wanted him to know for the 10 seconds that I would be up there that he knew that I was Catherine. You know, not that he would remember that, but I just felt like rather than being just another person in that line, I really wanted him to know my name. I was very strong on that. And so, um, and then um, I couldn't say anything else. I couldn't thank him, even though I wanted to, without crying. I probably couldn't say it even now without crying, you know, to thank him for just everything. Um, And uh, so I just, I feel that I would go back to something funny. So I would just have said, like, the next time you're in the pit and you see this face, pull me up. I'm a good dancer. (laughs) (laughs) And I might have got a chuckle out of him. That is... I'm sure he would have chuckled if he, if I had said that to him. You know, I've, I drove down to Austin, Texas, and It's a funny story, and I've shared it before, so I'll do it very quickly. But I had started a new job, and you know, I was like, "How am I going to get off?" I had I had only been working like two or three weeks at this new job, and how do I explain to this new boss that I want to take a day um, to go down to Austin to meet Bruce Springsteen? Because as my lovely bride says. Um, you know, not everyone understands this Bruce thing that you have. Um, no. and, uh, luckily my boss ended up being very cool because I had done a lot of work, um, to get, we were, we were understaffed and I had worked over the Thanksgiving weekend interviewing people and he had said, Hey, wow, I didn't expect you to work over the holiday. If you have anything coming up. You know, and you cool. need some time off. Let me know. Well, it just so matters. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. So as I'm driving down to Austin, which is about a three and a half hour drive, um, oh. I just kept. I was Luca Braxa from The Godfather before he met with Don Corleone on the honor of your daughter's wedding. <laughs> May they? You know, I just kept repeating the same thing over and over and over again. Like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? And um, and so I did. I did say when I got in front of him and I said I spent um, – you know, in several months ago, I spent – you know, in 2014, I spent seven months unemployed, and it was difficult. And I listened to Land of Hope and Dreams and Better Days almost every day, and thank you for that. Well, I – like barely got four words into it, and they're like, next. So I have no idea if he heard me or not, but as uh-huh. I've said many times, it it was more important for me to share it than it was for him to hear it. Um, yeah. Because, and... Well, it's he doesn't, like, I think, like, as a teacher, when people say, oh, thank you for the great year, you know... What I do and what he does and what doctors do, I feel very, they're very similar because it's not – he doesn't do it to get the thank you. It's, it's nice to have the thank you and to have the people love you, but it's who he is, you know. And so um, you're right. He didn't – you didn't need – he didn't need to hear it. You needed to say it. That was the bigger right. deal. Right, and – 
and I um, I did also I wrote a letter to him, um, and I talked about because a lot of people said, well, are you going to mention the podcast? And I'm like, no, this is I don't need to promote. I, I he does not care that I do a podcast about him. Now in the letter I talked about it, and I did include a USB of shows that said this is not a demo tape, um, just in case someone <laughs> on his staff went, oh, this is interesting, um, and and I kind of shared a few stories that people had shared with and and talked about it. So, um, well. I'm glad in an alternative universe you may or may not have had a chance to uh, get a copy of the book and get to tell him that, you know, he should bring you up to dance. (laughs) Well, we'll see if it comes true. (laughs) Yeah. So um, this this has just been so wonderful. You have have been a joy to talk to. Anything else you want to share before we kind of wrap it up? Oh, um, no, it was just, it's it's fun to talk with someone else who shares my passion. There's not many people, like, I mean, you know, who could talk all night about Bruce, so it was kind of fun. I really did enjoy it, and I'm glad I did. I thought, oh, when you put out, you know, the call, do you want to be on the podcast, like, is anybody? And I thought, well, what story am I going to tell? Like, I don't have a really great story but it didn't really matter that I didn't have a great story you know it's my story it's the story of other people too you know that's interesting yeah thank you Catherine you you just said what I try to push across all the time you know I am a firm believer that every Bruce Springsteen fan has a story and I feel like it's my um, quest my destiny to document as many as I can you know it like when you watch Springsteen and I and you see all the different oh, yeah. people talking about it um you know yes it is I love hearing people who you know had life-threatening illnesses and listening to Bruce's music helped them get through that and they survived Absolutely. or yeah. having someone who lost a family member and they found comfort in listening to <laughs> Bruce's music um but I think it's just as fun just hearing that, you know, you used to drive around in, you know, you listen to a cassette tape on the bus going to school back yeah. and forth. You listen to the first half of Born to Run <laughs> on the way and the second half on the way back is, you know, I, I see a young Catherine, right? Um yeah. Kathy, you know, Kathy with a C, right? Listening yeah. and just seeing that. I think that's that's a wonderful story, and I, I appreciate it. I also hope um, – I did t- warn you beforehand you would quit being nervous very quickly because you forget we're being it recorded. Was. It's just a phone <laughs> conversation. It, it, it does feel like you're in line waiting to get in the pit. Yeah, or, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, which is the best. Um, so – is there when he tours again and hopefully yeah. we're going to meet and we're going to get to exchange oh, hugs <laughs> um are there a wish list of a couple songs you hope to hear him perform live that you hadn't goes without saying i want to hear land of hope and dreams every time he plays yeah, I- yeah absolutely um wow you know what i i feel like i'm just Whatever he plays would be great. 
you know, it doesn't really matter what he plays. Um, I have all kinds of different songs, like, you know, this song is hot right now, and, you know, I like it for this reason. Um, I'd probably say um, Land of Hope and Dreams, Dancing in the Dark, so I feel 16 again. I love that song. It takes, I'm right back. 16 years old um, when I hear that, that song and um, I don't know like I, I still love the E Street Shuffle and um, you know um, I guess if I should fall behind oh that would be nice that yeah. would be really nice that's good yeah. cool yeah well um, th- you have been a joy I appreciate oh. you joining me this has been a blast. Um, you've already mentioned once, but uh, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's your Twitter handle? Sure, it's at Face Reward. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> and I am at Jesse Jackson DFW. If you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, send us an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. You can check that at Al. Uh, I am the show is at Set Lusting Bruce on Twitter. You can do like Catherine. You can reach out to me and say, hey, I want to share my Bruce Springsteen story. And as Catherine said, everyone has a story. And, and it's just fun. Um, it's a nice – we spend anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour talking. And um, it, it was painless. Correct, Catherine? Oh, totally. Give it a shot, everybody. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, And if you could, go to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. It really does help us find new listeners. Well, Catherine, this was a blast. Thank you again. I'm going to end with grab your ticket and your suitcase. Thunder's rolling down this track. track. (laughs) You don't know where you're going now, but you know you won't be back. you won't be back. Well, darling, if you're weary, lay your head upon my chest. We'll take what we can carry, and we'll leave the rest. Big wheels row through the fields where sunlight streams. Meet me in the land of hope and dreams. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.